Hi everyone, Benjamin Smith here, pastor of Revealing Truth Ministries, Wesley Chapel. You know, God is always speaking good things to us and he has a word for you today, we are sure of it. Take some time out to listen and we'll be back as soon as we're done. God bless you. God is a God that he is just so good. He is just so good. Let me tell you, God takes my breath away because he's just that good. He takes our breath away. He gives us breath. And I am just in awe of God. I am in awe of God because I see the move. I see what he's doing. I see how he's doing it. He hides nothing from us. He is just that good. Hallelujah. You can greet your neighbors. Wave at them. Welcome. Hallelujah. Happy Sunday, everyone. You all may be seated. You have your Bibles. We're going to do our Bible confession together. And they put it on the screen. Hallelujah. Until they get there, you just repeat after me. This is my Bible. I can be what it says I can be. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Every verse is God breathed. And I aim to live by every word. It is essential to my faith foundation and works to change me from the inside out into the person God created me to be. This is why I shall never let it go. It is reliable. It is the truth. It is divine. Divine. <laughs> it is my Bible. In Jesus' name, amen. We give God some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we have a granddaughter. And today she, um, she turned three years old. <laughs> she and I were watching a movie together. We were drinking some, some uh, punch and eating some popcorn and just watching a movie. I took a sip of my punch. She didn't ask me for hers, but you know, y'all know that look. So I just handed hers to her. She took a sip and she said, thank you, Mama. And I said, you're welcome, princess. She looked at me and she said, no, I'm the queen. You the princess. <laughs> so now she and I have had these discussions quite often. But this time I looked at her and I told her, I said, um, I said, no. I said, well, hold on. And then I waited and the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit started talking to me about responses and teachings and learning. So I, um, I asked her a question. I said, why do you think you the queen and I'm the princess? And she said, because the queen never gets the princess juice. <laughs> right? So the Holy Spirit told me, I, I had a response, but the Holy Spirit said, don't you miss this teachable and learning moment. So as I um, pondered that response, I waited, and, and the Holy Spirit told me, he said, you know, 
He said so many believers, followers of Christ, adults, have the same response as a toddler when it comes to your servanthood. Sometimes we feel that for whatever reason, if a person is not deemed on our level, we don't want to serve them. We feel as though sometimes they're not valuable. But how many of you know that you don't serve God and God's people based on what you deem valuable? Because God said we all are valuable. So let's not miss moments to serve God. God said there's, he gives us every opportunity to serve him. He, he equips us. He anoints us, he appoints us, and he gives us the charge, and we walk out in victory. But when we, put the, we take our eyes off of God and put our eyes on ourselves because of our position, title, and yes, even our age, we miss the opportunity for God to get the glory. We miss the opportunity to show who our God is. We miss the opportunity to glorify and honor and esteem our God because we want to serve a title. Amen? So we're going to get into this word. I am, oh Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I love you all and I hope you all love me when I'm done. <laughs> Our foundation script today is going to be Proverbs 16, verse 18. And I'm going to start reading that from the New King James Version, and it reads, Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. And I also like that in the Passion Translation, which reads, Your boast becomes a prophecy of a future failure. The higher you lift up yourself in pride, the harder you'll fall in disgrace. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord God, for this time that you've given us to come together, Lord God, to hear your word and also to receive it. And Lord God, we will not just be hearers of this word, we will also be doers of this word, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that our value is hidden in you. That, Lord God, that people have to go through you to get to us, Lord God, in every situation and circumstance. You protect us and you lead and guide us. Father God, as I, in, as I decrease, Lord, you will increase. And your people will hear everything that they need to hear, Lord God, not just to sit on the word, not just to um, take, have that word take residence up in them for no purpose, Father, because you are an intentional God. And you do things on purpose. And Lord God, you're living on the inside of us, so we also are intentional. And we also do things on purpose with a purpose. And Lord God, we just thank you, Lord God, that no person in here will sit in discomfort. Everything that you want them to receive, Lord God, it shall be received in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, um, Pastor Benjamin set a solid foundation for us to walk in uh, to this sermon series called Only If, the Institute of Forgiveness. There are so many speed bumps in place that could hinder forgiveness. Today we're going to be exposing one of those that are so subtle that it take, it take down empires, kingdoms, and yes, even churches. 
the, this is a weapon that is formed against you called pride. P-R-I-D-E, pride. Pride is a weapon formed against you. Let's turn to Isaiah 54 and 17. And we're going to read that in the New King James Version. And it reads, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. I'm going to read that again. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump off script just for one minute because, you know, we have to allow the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit do. He leads and guides us. And when I walked in here, as I do every day, I say, Holy Spirit, you can use me how you want to use me. And, you know, there was a time when I was telling the Holy Spirit he can use me, but I wanted to tell the Holy Spirit how to use me and what he could use me for. So now we have to get to a point where if you open your mouth and say, Holy Spirit, use me, let him use you. So this is something I didn't write down, but um, God wanted me to remind you because he reminded me. Do y'all remember in 2017 there was a hurricane that came called Irma? Y'all remember Irma? Um, back then uh, in 2017, I remember, I, I recall, Tampa General was the, the hospital, the location, because there were power outages. There was all kinds of stuff going on. So they moved everybody from different hospitals to Tampa General because it was up high. And, you know, they were getting ready for floods and, you know, all the things that they were saying that were going to happen. Um, the intentional, on-purpose God we serve went in there, took all of that water up out of that man-built lake or, or what, what you call it, whatever it was. But God took all of that water. Y'all remember that? All the, the bay, all that water was gone. Where did the water go? People were saying, oh, that was eerie. It was a phenomenal. But the people of God knew. We knew. Because you know what happened? We got together in unity, and we prayed. We prayed. We stood on the word of God. That water, t I mean, they had pictures of people actually walking on water. Walking on water. That's the God that we serve. That's the God we serve. God took that water, and then when everything was calm, he put the water back. He put it back. You know? How, how, how can we not serve a God like that? So whatever, it, whatever storm's going on in your life, and I know I'm talking to somebody out here, whatever storm is going on in your life, God will lift that storm up when you pray, when you believe, when you receive, when you stand on the word of God, when you give it to God. If you're holding on to those storms, it's only going to get worse. You know, they said that, um, that, that what they were expecting was a tsunami. Because when something like that happens, when the water disappears like that, then you better get ready for a tsunami. They're telling people, you need to run, you need to do this. We need to do nothing but pray. Pray, believe, and God took care of us. And he's still taking care of you today. Amen. Hallelujah. So weapons will be formed against you. And sometimes 
these weapons are formed knowingly or unknowingly by you. The plans that God has for your life defeats every temporary plot, every setback, every scheme, everything that the enemy is bringing up against you, the plans of God destroys them. Plots are temporary setbacks and plans are well thought out setups to propel you forward into your destiny. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The enemy cannot do anything unless you give him authority. The, the enemy is not, he does not, he's not stronger than you. He's not more powerful than you. Whenever you have an enemy, what does the enemy do? The enemy comes up against you because you got something he wants. A thief comes to you to steal what you got. A thief ain't going to come to steal something for somebody that ain't got nothing. The thief comes to steal and rob you of what your inheritance is, what you have. You have something that is so great on the inside of you that the enemy is trying to steal it. The enemy is trying to steal it, but he cannot do it without your permission. He's not more powerful than you are. The answer lives on the inside of you, so power lives on the inside of you. Power lives on the inside of you. And all you have to do is open your mouth. Open your mouth. Sickness and disease has to leave. We got to start dealing with things from the root, not the branches. Every time you cut down a branch, the root, because that root is healthy and it's being fed, it will continue to grow a new branch. But when you cut down that root, there's no branches that are coming up. So we got to dig deep and do inventories of what's on the inside of us to pluck those things up and out of us so that we can enjoy the fruit. Only way that you're going to enjoy the fruit is if you deal with the root. Deal with the root. It's not always easy. It's not always comfortable. It's not always fun. But you know what? It is necessary. It's always necessary. We got to get out of our comfort zones. Today, um, I just want to let you know that sometimes the things that you don't know can harm you. You know, they were like, what I don't know don't harm me. That's not true. That's not true. Sometimes when you don't know something, it can harm you. And sometimes we're going to talk about pride um, today. We're going to talk about the pride of appearance. The pride of appearance. And sometimes... When you're operating or walking in pride, sometimes you don't even know. You know, I say it's not on purpose sometimes. Sometimes people are walking in pride, but they don't know because you don't know what pride, what that pride looks like. So I have compiled four traits with scripture references about what the pride of appearance looks like. Because we're going to leave here today like we do every Sunday equipped. We're going to know what we know. And we're going to do what we know in the name of Jesus. So the first trait is superior self-worth. Superior self-worth. And the scripture reference to that is Ezekiel 28 and 17. And we're going to read that from the voice version. And it reads, your heart swelled with pride. Because of your beauty and talents, your hunger for fame, your thirst for glory corrupted your wisdom. 
This is why I drove you to the ground and made an example out of you before a company of kings. The second trait that you may be walking in with the pride of appearance is lack humility. Lack humility. The scripture reference to that. The reason I'm giving you these scripture references is because I didn't make up none of this. I want y'all to see what God is showing us. God is, God, you know, when we pray and we say, God, he reveals these mysteries to us. There's nothing hidden from us. So we want to make sure that you're equipped. So lack humility. The scripture reference is 1 Peter 5, chapter 5, verse 5 and 6. And we're going to read that out of the New Living Translation. And it reads, in the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of elders. And all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Now the third trait that you may be walking in the pride of appearance is self-worship. Self-worship. The scripture reference is Luke 20, 45 through 47. And we're going to read that out of the Passion Translation. And it reads, within earshot of all the people, Jesus warned his disciples, don't follow the examples of these pretentious experts of the law. They love to parade around in their clergy robes so that they are honored wherever they go. Sitting right up front in every meeting and pushing for the head table at every banquet. And for appearances sake, they will pray long religious prayers at the homes of widows for an offering, cheating them out of their very livelihood. Beware of them all, for they will one day be stripped of honor and the judgment they receive will be sincere. Sincere. Severe. Hallelujah. I was just trying to see if y'all was paying attention. <laughs> you know, Jesus did not play about his children, right? He did not play and he still don't play. Pride is a weapon formed against you that shall not prosper. It did not prosper on Jesus' watch and it will not prosper prosper on our watch. It will not prosper on our watch either. We're going to stand on the wall. We're going to stand on our ground. We're going to keep our boots on and we're going to continue to say what God say, do what God said, and we're going to continue to walk this life out in victory. Now the last pride of appearance trait is egocentric. And we're going to explore that one in depth. The pride of appearance shifts your focus, your commitment, your service, your loyalty. It shifts all of those things away from Christ to self. The pride of appearance is not limited to your personal anatomy. I know when we talk about appearance, people think that it's what you look like, how your hair look, how you dress, you know, all of those things. But the pride of appearance is not just your personal anatomy. Let's turn to Philippians 2, 
verse 3 through 5 in the easy to read version. And it reads, in whatever you do, don't let selfishness or pride be your guide. Be humble and honor others more than yourselves. Don't be interested only in your own life, but care about the lives of others too. In your life together, think the way Christ Jesus thought. He was like God in every way, but he did not think that he that his being equal with God was something to use for his own benefit. Jesus, hallelujah. Jesus was like God in every way, but he didn't walk around saying, I, ain't, I, I, I can't give y'all any juice today because I'm the king. I'm God, you know. Even though, even though it's right next to me, I'm going to need you to pick that up because you know what? I'm Jesus. You know, Jesus, Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. Jesus served. Jesus was an example. He showed us how to serve with humility, not pride. Jesus could have been the most prideful person on this planet because he had the most power on this planet. But instead, Jesus decided to show us how we should serve. And we need to know that we're created in his likeness. Amen, amen, amen. Y'all still with me here? Walking in pride can have some horrible consequences. See, we don't think about consequences. We think when, when you're walking in pride, you think about the self-gain. You think about what you're getting. You're thinking about how, how you're looking, how all of these things come back to you. But there are some consequences. There's consequences for everything that we do. But once those, once those things are exposed, the pride is exposed like what we're doing today, exposing it, it can be forgiven. It can be forgiven. So let's take a look at how David walked in egocentric pride. So we, you know the story about King David. Let me take you on a little journey. Uh, his army was off fighting the war. David's the king, so this time he decided to stay back. He stayed back while the army was fighting. People were getting killed. They were fighting. Back then, they were loyal. Those people were loyal, okay? We can take an, ex take an example and go back and look at how loyal they were. And... Um, one morning, he saw a married woman named Bathsheba. Bathsheba was pleasing to David's eye, appear, pride of appearance. And um, he inquired about her, and the people told him, yeah, she married. She married to Uriah. And Uriah wasn't just somebody in the kingdom. Uriah was in the army of David's. He was serving. He was loyal. He was all fighting you know, his life, putting his life on the line for the king, for David, okay? And David, because he's the king, he's like, okay. He had, he had I guess, two wives, but David still said, no, I'm the king. I'm going to have her too, okay? You know, the pride of appearance will let you take stuff that don't belong to you. The pride of appearance will have the enemy suggest something to you and you take ownership of it. Oh, I got this diagnosis. It don't belong to you. That is a diagnosis. That's not your diagnosis. Oh, don't, don't claim these things. The pride of appearance will, you know, it's sad to say sometimes people um, will get a diagnosis 
and they will walk around and they will magnify that diagnosis more than they magnify how good God is. You have a diagnosis, praise God that put a name to it. Let's go ahead and curse this so it can be reversed, so that it will not take root, so it will not grow branches, so it will not prosper. No weapon formed against me shall prosper name of Jesus if it don't belong to you let it stay where it is it's not yours and then when you pick up things that aren't yours you don't even know how to operate it because it don't belong to you you don't know what to do with uh, this child you know because that child you know I heard some someone say this they said um, well I don't know if I would be able to do what this person did because of the child that they have, the child maybe have special needs or whatever. I don't know if I could do that. Well, guess what? You're not supposed to know what to do with it. God put that child in the hands of the person that he wanted to put that child in, and he knew how to equip that person that was going to have that child, train that child, raise up that child, learn from that child, grow with that child. He placed that child in the right hands. Don't compare your situation with nobody else's situation. You know, there is only when God said he created all of us in his likeness. He didn't say I created all of y'all to look the same and be the same and walk the same and talk the same. We are equally different. Equally different. Nobody's, no one's greater than we are all equal yet different. That doesn't mean because I can walk in something that's greater than what somebody else is walking in. You are walking in something that don't mean that's greater than what I can walk in. We're all equally different. Equally different. Um, when, you, when, when you're operating with a pride of appearance, you can exalt yourself higher than God. I did this. I got this promotion at my job because I'm the baddest sister on the planet. I know how to do every job in there. They have no nothing to do but promote me. Well, how did you learn every one of those jobs? God sent you to that place. God put you in that position. God made that invisible job known. God created a place for you. But now you did it. You did it because of your skills. Where'd you get the skills from? We all have, we have to get to a point where we're doing an inventory of what's on the inside of us. Why is that on the inside of me? Why do I think that I did this? Why, do, why are we walking around prideful thinking that we did everything, but as soon as a storm comes, as soon as something comes up against us, it's God's fault. It's God's fault because my co-worker's mad at me or I'm in a hostile environment or whatever the case may be. Now it's God's fault because he brought you there. That, that doesn't make sense to me. If God blesses you with a position, continue to give him the, the, order, the honor. Continue to give him the praise. Continue to give him the glory. Continue to walk in that place every day, setting the atmosphere. Stop walking into your job Already in the car, you complaining. You in the car for about 30 minutes. Because you got to get yourself right before you walk in there, before these people take you out your character. But remember, fast, go back. God bless you with this place. He bless you with this job. God does not 
bless us with something, and then curse us. You know? Can't nobody take you out of your character if that is not your character. You can't work in a hostile environment unless you're walking in there with your atmosphere changing self hostile. The atmosphere, you're the atmosphere. You are the atmosphere setter. You're the atmosphere changer. When you show up, things happen. Ask yourself, what, why did that happen? Why am I at this job and I got to take about three Tylenols and some Advils and I got to have a come to Jesus moment every day? You know, things like that. We have to, we have to search ourselves. Now, I'm not telling you to dumb down anything. Now, if the situation and circumstance ain't right, then you, you give it to God. You give it to God. That's the same situation as uh, when you're driving in your car and somebody cuts you off. Lord Jesus, these people got the nerve to cut you off. You off. You, you who are the child of the Most High God with all this power, all this anointing that you got, they had the nerve to cut you off. They don't know who they was messing with. So what you know, so what you do? Girl, let me tell you what happened. I was driving and they cut they cut me off. And you know what? I pulled up beside them and I gave them that look. Like, how dare you? Cut me off. You giving people the look now. See, we say we don't give them the finger no more, do we? Some of us, some of us don't, right? <laughs> You know, but we give them the finger look, you know. <laughs> but, you know, you get home, you done talk to one sister. Now you got to call the other one. And then you got to get your tribe in it. Then you got to get your circle in it. Then you got to go tell your spouse about it. Then you got to go tell your mama and them and your cousin. Them. You got to tell everybody about it. Okay. You ain't even eat dinner that night. Because you was too upset to eat. You didn't even pray because by the time you got through talking to all them, it's midnight. You got to go to bed because you got to get up and go to work or whatever you're doing the next day. Okay? So the next morning, why you got to go tell the people at the office that with your powerful self, you got cut off going home from work? So you done brought that all the way into the next day. That's the... Pride of appearance. You can't be cutting me off. You don't know who I am. But let's look at the other person, the person that cut you off. They don't went home. They don't, they don't ate them some steak and potatoes. They got their feet propped up. Watching watch Netflix. <laughs> Enjoying their evening. Went to bed early on time to be refreshed for the next day. You know? They might have said, I'm sorry, I cut you off. And then they done. But you got to, your recovery time, saints, is like about three days. You going to talk about that for about three days? Now, unless something else happened the next day, then you're going to shift to that. And then you're going to magnify that. But that's what the pride of appearance does. The pride of, pride of appearance causes you to make decisions that are not favorable to you. To you. They're not favorable to you. So um, 
we have to get to a point where it's all about God. Now, back to David. I don't know why I went on that rabbit trail, but I believe somebody do. Y'all stop with the, uh, what, <laughs> those, those uh, looks that are not um, good when somebody cuts you off. I just want to release somebody. So if, if that was you that happened yesterday, don't wait three days. Just go ahead and release them and keep it moving so that you can continue to be glorified and give God honor and all of that good stuff that goes with it. Because you know what? It's not a kingdom issue, so it don't even matter. It's not your business. You know, let me tell y'all something else. You know, I just let the Holy Spirit do what he do. You know, sometimes you get to a point in your life where you, you will get a charge. There's something that you're supposed to do. You don't want to do it, but you do it anyway. But you're complaining the whole time. Like, I didn't want to do it. Well, why did you say yes? Because it was a good thing to do. But guess what? Just because it's a good thing, if it ain't a God thing, you don't need to be doing it. Somebody else, let somebody else do it. God already gave somebody else all the anointing they had, and they're not going to be confused. They're not going to be um, they're not going to be questioning it. They're not going to be complaining. They're, not, they're just going to be skipping along doing what you're walking around saying, I didn't want to do it. All right? Um, so David took Bathsheba, and he impregnated her because he allowed the pride of appearance to guide him, and he was making decisions of that. David is the king. And he made decisions. He made a decision because he was the king. He thought, I can do what I want to do with who I want to do it with. And nobody better not question me. Okay? Let's turn to 2 Samuel 11 and 14. We're going to read that out of the New Living Translation. And that said, it reads, so the next morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and gave it to Uriah to deliver. The letter instructed Job, station Uriah on the front lines where the battle is fiercest. Then pull back so that he will be killed. So Joab assigned Uriah to a spot close to the city wall where he knew the enemy's strongest men were fighting. And when the enemy soldiers came out of the city to fight, Uriah the Hittite was killed along with several other Israelite soldiers. Now, let's go back to Philippians 2 and 4. Philippians 2 and 4 says, don't be interested only in your own life, but care about the lives of others, too. Not only did David give Uriah the letter that told of his demise that he was going to be killed, he gave, David was so prideful, he gave the man the letter that said, we're going to put you on the front line and you're going to die. But Uriah was not operating in pride. He was so loyal to David, he didn't even open the letter. Now, how many of y'all can say, y'all ain't going to open the letter? Sealed or not, see, that's loyalty. We got to be more loyal. We, in this day and age, we want to know everything. We want to know, God, why are you sending me there? God, why are you telling me to tell them that? God, why? God, 
God, why? We got to do all that when all we need to do is know that God sent us. Just go. Just go. The pride of appearance will cause believers, yes, believers, us, to go to the extremes to hide sins so that we can keep on pretending to be and look good in our positions. You want to look good in your position instead of honoring God and making sure that you're doing what he told you to do. Positions have to look better than what God, the way God can look. God is good and our service is unto him. God is Alpha and he is Omega. God is the beginning and the end at the same time. You deceive yourselves when you try to deceive God. God is the one that has ordered your footstep. God is the one that makes the crooked path straight. God goes before you. Who is this God that you serve? He is almighty. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He knows it all. Give it to him. Serve him and honor him. When you're, when you're serving and honoring yourselves, you can only go so far. You will only go so far. When you release yourself to to be a vessel and let God use you, he can take you higher and higher. He's the one that takes you from glory to glory. In this sense, David decided, I'm going to hide this. I'm going to cover this up because I don't want to look bad to my subjects. I don't want to look bad to my people. I'm not caring at this point because, I'm, because when he's operating with the pride of appearance, he does not think or care about how God see him. Because now he's making decisions based on self. He got to make himself stand out and continue to look good. Because David was in right standing with God. He was mighty. He was powerful. But all of this came from God. He didn't just wake up one day and say, I'm powerful. God gave him the power. God delegated authority to him. Sometimes people get confused delegated authority with the authority that God has. God gave us delegated authority. That means that authority goes so far, but we still have to seek our creator to find out how much of that authority are we using over here? How much of that authority we have to use right here? And the reason we have to do that is because if God is sending you out on an assignment, then that delegated authority will go as far as you need it to go. Because there's sometimes we got to seek God. We got to seek the higher authority. He has the answer because he is the answer. God will not send none of us on dummy missions. And a dummy mission is a mission that your pride sends you on. There is null and void. There is nothing to gain from a dummy mission. Nothing. God sends us on missions that are victorious. When we show up, that's all we have to do sometimes. Just show up. We don't want to show up in a place that has five people because, you know, we need 10 people or whatever. You know, we want to go live every time we go somewhere because we want everybody to see what we got going on because we're so great. We got to do it all. We got to live our life, our social media life out, but we won't live our Christian life out. Social media is good. I'm not saying it's not good, but you got to know when, you, when you're getting out. I'm, I'm going to use me for an example. 
I don't get on social media that much because social media puts me in a, a place where I can't even, I can't move. Them, them videos be good, them lives, things be just good to me. I just, I'll be, I know one day the last time I decided to be on social media, I was on there for three hours straight. And I had so much stuff that God wanted me to do, and I moved God to the back burner because I had to get that post on there. And once I got that post on there, I looked up, I said, oh, my God, it has been three hours. See, I'm not disciplined with um, social media. I'm not asking God for the discipline for social media. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I like to call people and talk to people and FaceTime with people and see people. And I like to do that. So I'm good. I am very good. Some of y'all are disciplined. Some of y'all can get on there and get right off. Praise the Lord for y'all. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Even though um, what David did, what David did was not, not good at all in God's eyesight. Do y'all know that God still refers to David as a man after his own heart? You know why? David repented, and it was sincere. David went before God, and God received that forgiveness. And David was in right standing with God. So I want you all to know, no matter what it is that you've done, no matter what it is that you're going to do, if you take it to God for real, for real, he will forgive you. There is nothing that you can do that you will go to God and ask for forgiveness for and he turns you away. Absolutely nothing. I want to tell you all today that, you know, he did it for David. He'll do it for you. And that was David got people killed, not one person, people, people. And then he had Bathsheba and he disrupted her whole world, her life, things that, that what she was accustomed to. But God took all of that. He took all of that curse and he reversed it because David asked for forgiveness. Pride will not allow you to ask for forgiveness. Pride will allow you to continue to walk in unforgiveness. You have to get to a point where you know by doing that inventory, do an inventory. Sometimes pride has to be pointed out to you. You know, I know we don't like to hear the word pride. I know I didn't. When I was studying for this and um, some of these things got exposed in me, I was like, oh, no. Because I know that sometimes we operate in things that we don't know that they're there. Sometimes they're dormant until the enemy decides to use it. You know, the enemy tries to keep things back. But we know we serve a God that always have a ram in the bush. We serve a God that loves us. We serve a God that cares for us. We serve a God that restores us. We serve a God that cures us. We serve a God that will, will just take us out of that place and put us on solid ground. We don't have to wonder. We don't have to hope and pray. We don't have to guess and try to figure it out on our own. We serve a God that has already gone before us and made these crooked paths straight. We serve a God that when we expose whatever it is inside of us that got planted that wasn't from God, we serve a God that says, just bring it to me. Leave it to me. I got you. I got you. So there's nothing any one of you are in here with that are on the inside of you that if you don't expose it and pull it out and ask for repentance, that God won't reverse it. God will reverse it. 
God will take care of you. God is your redeemer. He's your sanctifier. He's everything. You are enough. You belong to him. There is no devil in hell that can take your inheritance. There's no devil in the hell that will continue to torment you. The devil is under your feet. God is for you. God is for you. God is for you. I don't care what the situation is. I don't care what the situation was. I don't care what the situation is going to be. God is for you. You are enough. You are valuable to him. You are worthy because God says so. You are powerful. You are anointed. There is nothing that is stopping you from serving God. If it's in you, call it out. If God didn't put it there, bring it up from the root. You do not have to walk around experience the same old thing over and over and over and over. You have to be full-time Christians to beat and defeat full-time devils. You can't want to serve God part-time and hoping to pray that the devil's sitting down. The devil ain't sitting down. You know why the devil don't sit down? Because you're more powerful than him. You know why trouble don't last always to you? Because you're powerful. You don't have to walk through trouble every day. But the, de the devil has to be on guard every day because he ain't got no power. None. He has no power and authority over you. The devil comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Saints, when you're operating with the pride of appearance, you kill your inheritance. You steal from your relationships. You destroy your character. Kill steal and destroy stop being your own enemy stop being your own enemy stop killing stealing and destroying what God has already put together for you for your good if it's not comfortable oh well stop walking in comfort zones and proclaiming that you are mighty that you are powerful that you are brave that you are good but you're walking in comfort zone every time you step out that comfort zone when it, when you don't look mighty you don't look powerful you look like you defeated you cannot keep going on the battleground putting your weapons down no weapon formed against you shall prosper stop putting your weapons down Fight the good fight of faith. Keep your weapons secured and locked and loaded. Hallelujah. The enemy don't stand a chance against you. Hallelujah. Forgive yourself so that you're not being your own enemy. Yeah. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There, we have, God has given us all power. God has given, he has set us up for victory. He is in us. We are infused with his power. We don't just have his power. We infuse, you know, infuse. We have that power deep down inside our sanctified soul. Pull that up and stop pulling up to stop rehearsing all of this junk. When David repented and he went before God, there was nowhere in the Bible where they kept rehearsing that. That, that what he did. They didn't rehearse it. They didn't discuss it. They didn't keep going back over. They didn't bring that past back up. God propelled him into his future in victory. God blessed him with sons. Sons that were mighty. Solomon. They were kings. That's what God did. And that God would do the same for you. We don't have to be shameful or proud because, because there's some things in us that ain't right. Admit there's some things in you that ain't right. Admit, there's some things in me that ain't right. I got to get this stuff up out of me. This is junk. This is junk. 
pull the junk up. It's okay. It's okay. You don't have to walk around um, looking to people, people pleasing. Oh, I have to look this certain way because I'm this. I have to do this a certain way because this is how I do it. You know, you won't allow help to help you because you, if the help help you, then how can you get the glory? Every time God send help your way, you send help back because you know what? I can't let you help me because if I let you help me, they're going to say you did it and they're not going to say I did it. Well, how about let's, let, let's just say God did it. Hallelujah. You know, you're not left without instruction, saints. You're not left just on the battlefield with nothing. The Bible. B-I-B-L-E. Basic instructions before leaving earth. B-I-B-L-E. Basic instructions before leaving earth. Y'all are equipped. Y'all are equipped. Just because you, and I know I'm talking about social media, y'all don't get mad at me. These are just examples. Don't take them literally. You cannot continue to post your Bible scriptures to live them out on social media. Take them same scriptures and live them out in your real life. Post them on social media is not going to get you saved. It ain't going to get you sanctified. It ain't going to get you anything. It might get you some likes, but who cares? Do God like it? God is the only one that we need to be pleasing. If it's pleasing to you, God, if it's only one, hallelujah, that one could be you. It doesn't matter. Use these instructions. He's given us the Bible. He's given us the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us. And guess what? He created us in his likeness. He did not make no mistake. You are wonderfully and fearfully made. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. God is for you. It don't matter who can be against you. God has anointed you. He has appointed you. There's no devil in hell that's powerful than you. There's no devil in hell that can stop or block anything that God has made for you to walk in. God said that you are above and not beneath that you are the lender and not the borrower. I don't care what your situation look like. I don't care what they said your situation sound like. I don't care because I serve God. You serve God. We serve God. We need to be united as the body of Christ. Just like we united and prayed that Hurricane Irma would leave, we didn't pray that that hurricane would go kill nobody else. Sometimes we got to watch what we say with your powerful word. Stop praying for something to leave and go somewhere else. Them people over there too. You know, we're praying for everybody. We're praying for this entire nation. We're praying for this great land. We're praying that God placed us here. He didn't place us here just to pray for our house. He prayed us here to pray for his house. We all are covered by the blood of Jesus. When we said that we have walked out of our own kingdom into the kingdom of God, then guess what? There was a, yes, there's a target on your back, but there's a God on the inside of you. There's a God that's on the inside of you that has already delivered you out of things to come. Glory, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You, pride wants you to focus on your appearance. Pride wants you to focus on pleasing people. Pride wants you to focus on pleasing self. God wants you to focus on him. God wants you to focus on pleasing him. 
whose report are you going to believe? Pride has not given you any power. It hasn't given you any anointing. Who you serve, how you serve, and who your service is unto, that's power. You don't always have to be out front to serve. Serve where you are because that's where you're equipped to serve at. And it, it doesn't matter whether you're in front, outside, over there, over here. You have the anointing to do what God has called you to do in that position. We always want to have positions that we can be seen. We can be in the spotlight. We can be, you know, oh, this, hey, that person is so wonderful. They're so great because they're doing this. Well, guess what? Pastor Mike said um, when, when the anointing shows up, when we show up, right? So the atmosphere is already set from the parking lot, not just when we walk in here and get praise and worship and get the word. It is set when you drove in the parking lot. We have to remember that in every situation, everywhere we go. It doesn't just mean just because we come to church. Get The church is on the inside of you. you when you woke up this morning, God breathed the life into you. He woke you up. He started you on your way. Church started right then. Church started right then. You came, you didn't wait. You think you woke yourself up? Hallelujah. The pride of appearance will cause you to make decisions that will cause you to take some severe consequences. So when you're operating in pride, any form of pride, you're hurting yourself. You're not hurting anyone else. You're hurting yourself. And God wants this to be exposed because he said that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. No weapon. Pride is a weapon formed against you, and that pride shall not prosper. Dig these things up for the, from the root. Take an assessment. Get you a pencil, a piece of paper. Write out some things. See it on paper. Curse it so that it can be reversed. You don't have to walk around with junk on the inside of you. You can imagine yourself walking around with things in the inside of you and you can barely move because it's weighing you down. But God said that you're free. If God said that you're free, then you should be free indeed. You cannot be free and then you're spiritually bound. You cannot be free, continue to walk around with things that don't belong to you. You cannot be free and walking around with guilt with doubt, with unforgiveness, with all of these things that are on the inside of you that, have, that you have allowed. You've allowed these things. But today, today, all of those things have left. All of those things are broken because God is for you. It does not matter who's against you. It don't matter what you did yesterday. It don't matter what you did right now in this hour. Because right now, God said that he has set you free. You are delivered. He is your redeemer. He's your sanctifier. He is your wealthy place. He is for you. God will take care of you. You have the mind of Christ. You can operate in what God said. Open your mouth and say what you need to say to release yourself from any condemnation, any guilt, any unforgiveness, anything, any regret, anything. Those are plots. Plots are temporary setups to cause long-lasting setbacks in your life. But the plan of God, the plans that God has for your life are well-thought-out plans. God didn't plan something today, and it'll only take effect for 24 hours. 
God's plans are for a lifetime, for generations to come. God is for you. God said that if you confess and if you repent, then he will forgive you. And not only will he forgive you, he will forget it. He will forget it. God is good. The pride that is formed against you shall not prosper. The pride of appearance shall not prosper. No pride. And there's several. There's several prides. So I want you all to leave here pondering what I need to get out of me. We're going to pray and we're going to release the anointing power of God all in this place. All in this place. We're going to decree and declare some things so that when we leave here, there's no branches but that can grow that will cause us to be in condemnation. Amen. Father, we just thank you, Lord God, right now for this day. We thank you, Lord God, for who you are, Lord. We thank you, Father God, right now that we operate with your wisdom, your knowledge, and your understanding, Lord God. We will not continue to be tormented by the enemy for any reason. Lord God, by any means necessary, we will search you. We will search after you. We will chase after you. We receive what you've already done for us, Lord God. You did everything for us on the cross. So, Lord God, we thank you that we don't have to continue to pay for something that has already been paid for. Lord God, we thank you right now that everything that you have done for us, Lord God, we do not take it lightly. We thank you, Lord God, for it. We thank you. We give you praise. We give you honor, Lord God. We pray that this word and every word that is going across every pulpit in the name of Jesus will bring revelation knowledge to all the hearers, Lord God. And we just thank you, Lord God. We are free, Lord God. We will not walk around, Lord God, with anything that wasn't planted on the inside of us by you. We thank you, Lord God, as we ask you to search us. We ask you to take that inventory, Lord God, and pluck up some things, Lord God. We know that their pruning process is not always easy, but we do understand it's a process. And we thank you, Lord God, as we give you glory. We give you honor for it, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that we're stripping ourselves of self-righteous um, speaking, thinking. And Lord God, we will think like you think. We will speak what you speak and we will do what you said, Lord. And we thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Lord God, with humble hearts. I decree and declare right now that every person in here, every person that hears my voice, Lord God, that they will humble themselves and you, Lord God, will continue to bless them exceedingly and abundantly above anything that they can think or imagine. The shift takes place right now in the name of Jesus. The shift takes place right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, you are magnified, you are glorified, and we praise your holy name, Lord God. No more sitting down on the job, Lord. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God that we are enough. We have not because we ask not. So, Father, we're just asking right now to search us and to help us, Lord God, expose anything that is in us that wasn't planted by you. And we give you honor. We give you glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, that's what God had to say to us today. We pray that it blessed you. As always, we pray that the word of God blesses you 
not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but we pray that you got something out of the message today that would change your life immediately. God bless you and look forward to chatting with you next time.